Moving on to our next dick dick likes. Oh my gosh, dislikes. <laughs> That's what it all is. Did you say dick likes? Ew, what's on your mind, nasty? Oh, I did not mean it. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Conception. No, she does way more, guys. Like she literally does, like a whole heaping load of projects and other stuff for her teens and her department, um, and project managers as well. So, um, if you are curious to see what she's reading, because I'm sure she's already read ten books this month already, you can go and check out her Bing Bing book reviews on our Novel Universe Pod Instagram. And without further ado, we are going to talk about Bonechart Daughter. So, Bonechart Daughter is about Emperor's reign that's lasted for decades. Um, he has a mastery of bone shard magic where he's able to create these animal-like constructs, which is what they're called, that help maintain order and law. And you can basically, on each piece of bone, you're able to write a command. And the higher the command, the more intense that the construct has to be. Um, so it's really interesting because there's these constructs kind of running around with people um, that there's a price to be paid for providing bone shard magic. Um, and we meet his daughter, Lynn, who her first words in the book are not all of us are, or some of us are broken. Um, and we're like, okay, what does that mean? But uh, Lynn is the emperor's daughter and she spends most of her days like trapped in the palace. Um, her father basically shows a lot of signs of refusing her as heir, and you don't really know why he's, like, pining for his, like, second hand to be the next emperor um, until further on in the book. 
yeah, there's a bunch of different other characters that are in here. You kind of get to see different points of views from four of them throughout the book. And that's all I'm going to say. Because, you know, there's a, there's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot. Basically, there's an empire. There's a lot of magic. We don't really understand what's going on with the magic. But there's magic there. That's about it. <laughs> Don, what did you rate this book? All right. Well, this book was a roller coaster of ratings for me. Let me tell you, I was all over the place. So, and I'll go into why um, in the dislike section. So, at first, I was gonna give it a three and a half, um, and I'll say why. Okay. And then I was like reading some Goodreads reviews, and then thinking about it, and watching some YouTubers, and thinking about it, and then I went to a three seven five, and then I went higher, and then I went higher, and then I was like, okay, okay, okay. I mean, right up until an hour ago when I was doing my notes, I was still changing my rating. So I have set right now on 4.0 unless you unless you change my mind because I have a feeling that you are giving it a 5. This is your jam. I just got a feeling. So what did you give it? I actually gave it a 4. Oh, only a 4? I was like, ooh, right. Ashley is loving this book. <laughs> no, and the reason why I gave it I'll talk about um, once we kind of like get into it because I was like on the fence. I did eat this book up, which was a big deal for me because it's adult and usually it takes me a really long time to read adult fantasy. Like it takes me so long to like when I think about N.K. Jemison's book when we were getting into that, I felt like I read a page for like years. Yeah. But this book, it her writing style fast enough that it didn't have the same pacing for me as other adult books have had so but there is some there is something where I was like I can't quite give it a five okay I might give it a four five maybe you know once we talk about it more because again I was like writing my stuff out and I was like I'm being too critical like like maybe I am being too critical that's what I was thinking so Lynn and Joe 
know this are told in first person. So I was finding myself when I was reading their chapters, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally a character-driven book just because of how their chapters were being read. And then when I would get to Balu and Sandus, I was like, is it pace? Like, is it the plot? Like, am I not sticking with, like, these characters or whatever? So I struggled a little bit with the writing style, but I also, like, don't know if it was, like, a stroke of genius because (laughs) she did it so eloquently that you're, like... I didn't even catch it. I totally didn't catch it. But you know what? I was questioning... I'll let you finish, but yeah... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, like, based, that was the number one thing that I struggled with is because I had a hard time considering the other two POVs to be people that we could trust. Like, I didn't really care about their story. And their story is, it, it's, it's so important, but their stories don't follow along like most books that are told in in four different POVs. It's five different. Like, they're not interlacing with each other. With each other. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you, you're you not, you're not interlacing as much. You don't see them interacting with each other. You don't see their storylines getting crossed. And so it's like, you kind of lose, like, the clout behind those other two characters. Um, basically up until the last part of the book where I was like, okay, okay, I get it. You know, but it was like, that was like my number one problem with the book, which is why I couldn't give it a five. <laughs> okay, so. For me. Yeah, so I was, okay, so let me just, okay. I was kind of comparing this book to Six of Crows, and not because of the plot, but because of the way it's written, because there's varied POVs. And I like, there is a freaking, my neighbor and his motorcycle, he just likes to rev it up and likes everyone in the freaking neighborhood (laughs) to hear that he has a motorcycle. And what's funny is, is that he just drives around the block. It's like, yeah. So he's just revving it now. It's in the background. It's revving up. Sorry. Um, So I love very POVs. And my also main issue with the book is the character development is terrible it's terrible and I was bored because I pretty much prefer a character driven story I could give a shit about plot I want a character driven story I compare it to Six of Crows because those characters were fantastic like Kaz Brecker is a fantastic character and when I read an adult fantasy I don't like okay so in previous podcasts I said when I read adult fantasy I'm expecting like fifth season's level of writing that's why Ashley said N.K. Jemison. but if I'm not going to get that I at least expect to be confused because this kind of read like YA this world was a little too simple the characters were very simple they were they weren't flat but they were not nuanced they did not have a new voice I've read these characters before and I did not catch that it was told in first and second person, or first and third person. And it's either because she's a debut, and that was a mistake, but at the same time, there are elements in this book which leads me to think that she did it on purpose, because, and I'll get to more of this in my like section, there's a, there's a like that I have, I'm not going to say it now, because it'll ruin it for the like section, but I don't know why she did that. 
and then Romani or whatever only has like one chapter. Why would you give that one character one chapter if you either don't know how to tell her story through someone else's eyes or she needed like that was just so random to have her have one random chapter or two random chapters. Mm-hmm. See, and I missed that. It's like when you were like, oh, five. I was like, and I'm like, I gotcha. <laughs> That's really weird. Like, I kind of had a theory as to why, and we can get this into this in the spoiler edition, but that theory totally washes. That's yeah. not going to work. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So it's like, is it a stroke of genius that she did it that way? Or is it... I don't know if I would say stroke of genius or is there a reason? Like, was there a reason why she told Felu, Renami, and Sand in third person and mm-hmm. Lynn and Jovis in first? I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Especially considering who Sand's, like, character is. Like, I found that very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well... Moving on to our next dick dick likes. Oh my gosh, dislikes. <laughs> That's what I Did you say dick likes? Ew, what's on your mind? Nasty. Oh, I did not mean it. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> at our feet. I really want, I really, especially for me, I'm a fantasy architect. Like, I want to know it. I want to mm-hmm. know it. I want to know it inside and out. And I felt like we were still learning bits and pieces about the bone shard magic as Lynn was learning it. And maybe that was because it's the writer's choice to do it that way. Yeah. You know, because we're supposed to kind of be out of the dark, but yet like she's obviously very skilled, even with her lack of memories. Right. So she's struggling with trying to regain her memory. Um, and all of that, you know, so it's like, but I feel like if you're the emperor's daughter, like you would have knowledge of the magic. Like but she doesn't have, eight. she lost her memory due to the sickness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have theories. Well, I take mm-hmm. that as, I think you answered your own question, is we don't know the magic because Lynn doesn't know the magic. And because she's the emperor's daughter, she would have the most information. Jovis doesn't know. Right. Felu doesn't know. So we only know what she knows. And she doesn't right. know a lot. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, that, maybe that is it, but it was, I mean, like, it's not like a deal breaker, but it was something that I was like, I had to find a dislike there, that would be one of them. <laughs> um, what about you? I kind of already said one of them is that it reads like YA. I expect to read an adult fantasy if it's labeled adult fantasy. It should not read like YA. I, like I said, when I read adult fantasy, I expect to be confused a little bit. Because I expect a higher level of writing, level of sophistication here. I think Six of Crows is way more sophisticated than this. Mm-hmm. Um, just the I writing. Think, I think I would agree. Yeah. yeah, I think I would agree. For sure. Um, my next dislike is that uh, I really struggled with how one of the people died so quickly um I did not think that that was done well and I'll share that more but that was definitely one thing where I was like 
when you when you set someone up like that and then that's how they're taken out I just am like I don't know like I don't know how I feel about it like am I, I supposed to be devastated I don't think am that I person move on I don't think that person's dead you don't if we're talking about the same person that's why I'm like are they gone like why was it so easy I don't know but like that was one thing where I was like I felt like there's a major theme here in free will because we're dealing with constructs and constructs are basically androids, I guess that's what they're called. Cyborg, not cyborgs. And I don't know. No, not cyborg is half robot, half, half human. It's like an ant. I don't know what they're called, but they're not fully human, but they are coded to, you know, have some sort of a brain. But then when you have a constructed person, a constructed being, then free will can play a role in, you know, the story. And this, I, I sound like an idiot, I can't get my thoughts out, but free will is a theme here, basically, and I felt like it wasn't explored as much as it could. I think I agree with you there because there are certain points with the different constructs that you're like, how do you have like freedom of choice? Like, was it gifted to you? Was it gifted to you on purpose? Why are you not more of like a robot? You know, when we talk, when we meet like other like Imperial guards, like they're very much so like they can be manipulated. Like they're a lesser construct, if you will, but the higher ones you're like, how come there's like a hundred different bone shards in you? Does it make you more human? if you will yeah um have that many or whatever and if you get the code wrong you know you can completely dismantle them to where they're not able to complete any tasks in any capacity which i thought that was interesting but yeah um i mean again the number one thing that i really just didn't like uh like had a, a hard time with is the backstory of the characters was like kind of not given to us as much um, there's just kind of like a, a minor one for me. I was wanting more of their backstory, which maybe in book two you get. Yeah, like I feel, and I don't know if I just missed this. I wasn't paying attention enough. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, so Jovis is a poyer. That's his race, or I don't know. But they didn't really. They were just like, "Ooh, poyers, gross." But I feel like they didn't really say mm-hmm. why. So I did did I miss? The reason why or no no okay i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know okay do you um do you have any nitpicks at all or no 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 nitpicking time for don don okay i did have one okay. i wanted to know how quick how quickly Jovis was kind of getting about all these little islands like how how close are these places like are they like like within a day are they like five hours like you can kind of see it up yonder like in you you know like yeah I felt like we were on the boat for a long time but yet he was like in four different you know continents they might real quick they must be close they must be really close Islands. Right. I know that Mephi could like blow his sail. Right. So maybe that was 
quicker, but he would get tired after a while. So I don't know. Right. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's move on to things that we did like. Okay. Um, what was something that you did like? So I did like the world. I did like the idea of, um, taking, there's, you know, they have a ceremony where they take a shard of bone. It has to be from the person's head. It is, it's a dangerous procedure. It was kind of gruesome the way that she described it. They have like a one in four chance of dying. Like it, like you, you could feel the stakes of this ceremony and people are just supposed to be happy about it and celebrate their child possibly dying and how you can code them and then how some of them can have free will and or maybe that was a oopsies free will but the the emperor didn't seem to like that and i i did like you know the what what are they called alongas it was hard for me to say that word the whole alonga stuff like i liked the world i thought the world was done well and by well i mean i feel like sometimes you can tell when an author has planned out their book series and i feel like she has planned it out from not just book one and crossing her fingers as she gets to book two and then she has to kind of make it up as she goes along no i feel like she has her world very planned out and you can tell and i i really do like that yeah that was number one for me is like the world was like super intriguing and how like each of the different countries if you will it's all a different type of people all of them were like completely different they had their own religion type of thing but they all were like subject to this bone shard ceremony mm-hmm. um and like how it was feared and then some people are like, no, it's the greatest blessing for you to be chosen, to give your bone, and, like, all this other stuff. Like, done very well um, with that. This book, I love the cliffhangers and the turn of events. Yeah. She did that so well, because I was like, I've got this figured out. And then I was like, nope, nope, I don't. <laughs> like, but, it, but she set it up in a way where you're like, didn't you just tell me this already? And then she would, like, throw something at you, and you're like, I'm all for it, okay, you know, but it's like, you've been reading books for how long, it's like for someone to like catch me by surprise like that, I'm like, good, good, very nice. Yeah, 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 and like fantasy, like you and I read fantasy a lot, and we kind of know how it works, and you know, book three, there's usually a war, and at the end of book two, or book one, you know, there's, there's a formula to fantasies, especially when there's a trilogy, and I felt like the end of this book, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen. So now I'm intrigued to find out what book two is going to be because it is not what I was expecting or what I am used to when I read fantasy. Right. right. Sure. Um, I did like how, even though she ends this book with so many questions that we will be talking about in the spoiler edition, it was still fun to make theories. lots of theories lots of you know guesses as to what's going to happen in book two which is fun it's fun to theorize and she does it on purpose and that's why i feel like she really planned out the series Mm -hmm. no i agree that was one of my other ones too is like like I applaud being able to make theories you know like when you think of people like making theories like in the Harry Potter world in the Six of Crows world like 
in the Moss world. Like, there's all these different, like, people that come out with all these theories. And it's like, that's what, that's what makes good book talk. Like, yeah. that's what people want to do. You want to get inside of the author's head. And sometimes they have you just spinning, and they love it. They love that their readers are constantly, like, guessing, like, what it could possibly be. Um, so I did like that. Um, Jovis and his, like, connection to Mephi, who we'll talk about, his little fur creature, I love that. He was my favorite. I wanted to read all of his chapters. (laughs) I was all for it because he's not your average, like, I'm a bad boy doing bad things out there and, you know, oops, I stumble upon some magic. Cool. You know? (laughs) Oops, I stumbled upon some magic. (laughs) That's funny. I agree. I, I like that Mephi wasn't just some random animal that just accompanies him on his adventures. Mephi is important to this story, and I need to know why. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler edition when we give our theories. <laughs> 100%. Is yeah. he a boo? Is he a boo from Aladdin? I don't know. I mean, we don't know at this point in time. <laughs> that's all I have, though, without spoiling anything. Yep, that's all I got. Well, um, we are going to spoil things here in just a minute, but for those of you just hanging out, want to know what we're going to read next, we are going to read Spells for the for Forgetting by Adrian Young for our next podcast. And so until next time, we'll catch you then. And if you're hanging out, see you in a second. Yep. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers. We are going to spoil everything. It's happening. Alright, so yet again, Don and I never have any sort of, like, method to our spoiling, because it's always whatever is at the top of our heads for the day. And for Ashley, I want to know, did you think that Lynn was a construct before we found out that she was a construct? I did, but I think I figured it out when the author wanted me to figure it out, which was when we realized that there was no sickness, that he didn't bring in the sickness and I don't know when that was but that's when I kind of was like yeah yeah you're you're something's fishy something's not right here mm-hmm. yeah for me I found out I think before I was supposed to um like I had a I had a guess that I was like this girl's a construct like she's 100% a construct that's why you know Bayan or Bayan however you say his name that's why he was like next in line just in case she didn't take well or something like that you know and her memories were not sticking I felt like really well because she seemed a lot different than how um the emperor was like well you'll remember like when you need to remember it or what else have you remembered um and when she finds like her diary there was just a lot of things where I was like this doesn't sound like the same person you know if you were sick like I feel like you would kind of come back to yourself a lot more than what she did it was just like very detached um so then you know and then you find out that you know what's his name is also a construct like when he comes in and he's all like i'm so sorry for all those times that i hurt you and he's like whoa whoa like i didn't know that he was i knew that she was one yeah me either i knew i think i knew once again when she wanted us to know which is when he was melting i was like okay 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was a little sad about that though because I was like, oh, they did a, such a she did such a good job of masking him as a human. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What? Like that? I like just didn't feel like I knew anything about how constructs work because I was like. I thought they were all like animals. Well, yeah, like, I think animal parts. Yeah, but like almost like cherubim from the Bible, like where they have like different like faces type of thing, but like their body is a a construction of other yeah animal parts. I don't know because all the other ones are described like that, and that's weird. But like, I guess the soldiers would have to be. No, like some soldiers had four arms, and some, yeah, they were all just like bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I was actually kind of like, I was kind of sad that he was melting. I was like, no, he's not a real person. (laughs) Yeah. Just because I felt like she did a good job of like creating their whole, you know relationship of enemies and, and whatnot like they're still all fighting for these keys and like each of the keys like opens a door and you're like well, where are all these doors coming from why do you need all these keys <laughs> so that was my first big thing what about you what's the what's the big thing you want to talk about um your mind i don't know if we want to go into spoilers well not we are in spoilers but i mean like theories because i because the way i did my notes i didn't really write spoilers i just went to like theories and questions and all that stuff let's do theories let's do the theories or, like just like questions you know everyone I have. else is thinking it yeah <laughs> um okay so in the spoiler free edition you said why this person die were you talking about buy-in no i was talking oh. about the king oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Me the too. emperor, I feel like they just like took him out like willy nilly. Well, I loved that. Like this big. You did. Yeah, because that that changes the formula of fantasy. Because it's usually the big yeah. bad emperor who we're all fighting against, but now he's dead, and we have a new emperor, and she has. First of all, we have um, Nisong, whatever her name is, that's gonna build an army. Then she has Geo and the Shardless who are trying to take him down, but now it's her. So maybe she's going to change, you know? She's not necessarily going to be her father. She's going to be a different ruler. So who are they fighting against? They're going to be fighting against her. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, this is different. Here we go. Okay. Okay. I can can side with you there. I guess I can tie with you there, but I was like, they took him out quick for being like this well, he was, powerful man. He was falling apart. Like, he was taking <laughs> bits and pieces of himself and putting it into buy-in because that's the only way to he could make himself a, into a new person. He had to, like, he was missing toes and probably taking pieces of his flesh, and uh, so he was just slowly deteriorating anyway. So do you think that the spirit of Bayan is the spirit of the emperor? Oh, for sure. That's what he was doing. He was taking, he was making 
himself immortal by putting his memories into Bayan. And because Bayan looked like him as a young man. And then Lynn was his wife. He was looking for women who looked like his dead wife and making her into his dead wife, putting his dead wife's memories into Lynn so that could they could rule probably as um, um, husband and wife. Because at some point, Lynn started to have feelings for Brian. And I was like, oh, hell, here we go with this insta-love but i think it's the memory that she had of the emperor and Bayan reminded her of the emperor and i think she was falling in love with that with him because of memories Ooh, i missed the whole emperor being into Bayan type of thing yeah my mind has just been blown that's why so that's why i was so this is my theory i was like i don't think Bayan is dead obviously because Bayan has all the emperor's memories so right. there's so many answers that he questions that he didn't answer the emperor like what was one of them it was the there's only one way to like um beat the alongis the El, whatever they're called the El, alanga there's only one way to beat them but he never told her the emperor never told lynn what that was but Bayan should know because he has all of the memories and what was he doing with all those people on the island what were they just like inventory or just like bad constructs like what's all that oh, so yeah. like on um where were they malia amala resident the male whatever it is them i was like who are these people that look really have no memories yeah Follow, you know just like working day in and day out that must have been inventory it must have been. Yeah. Just saving inventory because I I feel like I read somewhere where like it was like every like out of seven or out of eleven or however much it was like you were chosen for your bone shard and like Joe Fiston hasn't given up a bone shard like his brother did but he hasn't done like the ceremony to have one taken from him. He did it? So it's like oh. all of them, I don't know if all of the um, residents of the Isles, if you will, if all of them partake in the ceremony, or if it's like certain continents I thought, that do. I thought all of them had to, and the only ones who didn't were the Shardless Few, because they escaped. I don't know. Is he a cardless few, though? I don't know. I thought he did give up his head. I don't know. His head. <laughs> I thought he gave up his head. Um, okay. Well, um, what was the other one I wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about Melfi. Let's talk about Melfi. This little, like, fur baby mm-hmm. that Jovis saves from the, the ocean right as like one of the i forget what islands going down but one of them basically it's overrun by water you know and jovis is our um the deer head if you will yeah you know he's trying to save like the children and bring them to the other islands and then that way they can still live and not be caught up with the sickness which the sickness is basically when your bone shard has been overworked so much like it kills you like that it's being used yeah. um which i thought that was super sick and twisted but 
I was all for it. But yeah, because it raises the stakes again. It's like this is this gives right. people a reason to revolt because he's taking their well, a the ceremony's pretty bad. Then they get sick; it gets used and used up. But at the same time, he keeps telling them, "Well, this is going to save you when the Angalas come." It's like taxes. Mm-hmm. It's like we gotta pay our yeah. damn taxes, but we hate paying them. But you know. I know, but there's, like, blood at stake, you know, yeah. pun intended, <laughs> because it's, like, literally the people are paying for for everything. They're yeah. paying for their protection with their own bodies is what's happening. Well, let's get back um, to Mephi, now- because, yeah, like, okay, so he, there's so many things, so many questions about this little animal, because when he, hey. when he shows up, he's a baby. From what? What? Where? Are he, what? Where did he come from? From the water. But He's where? Out of the water. He has to come from something. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody's ever seen this thing before, and he has power. Like he can yeah. power. He gives Jovis power. How? How is he able to do that? I know. I like. What? What? Like it's. He reminded me of, like, the dragon from the never-ending story. Like, that's how I saw him. Like, <laughs> at first I was like, maybe he's like a Mushu from, like, Mulan or whatever, this little dragon thing, just, like, crawling up and wrapping around him or whatever. And then I was like, he's getting bigger. And he's talking. Yeah. What? Yeah. And there's magical creatures. What? Like, they're not constructs? Because the constructs are, like, made, you know, animal parts essentially, with bone shards in them. And he's, like, straight up, like, old magic. Oh. Old magic. So and maybe he, he like, is uh, from Angalo. Elanga. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I loved, like, the humanization that he, like, we get attached to him because he, like, can sense what Jovis's needs are. And Jovis is searching for his, his wife that has been gone for years and she's more than likely dead you know and Jovis has to like come to this conclusion on his own like listen like like she's not coming back you have searched high and low for how long like she's gone you know and Mephi like just continues to just say like no you're not lonely like I'm here with you like when he starts to have more humanized characteristics it's like goodness like I just I just love that and then he gets sick this creature gets sick where Jovis loses his power but then he comes back like bigger and better yeah like oh sorry like I had to hibernate for the next like you know level up like is that what's going on I don't know if it's because they were far apart from each other so he got sick because they were they need each other because he kept saying take me with you take me with you and he was like no so i think maybe they need to be by each other to help each other survive well not survive because jonas jovis was fine but he just lost his power right but it made him but it made Mephi sick though like Mephi was sick so it's like what does that mean because he was apart from him like is is the character himself does Mephi thrive off of Jovis's loneliness or Jovis's need to have like something filled? 
Um, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that philosophical. I think he needs to know. I think that he is like his master now. He's like attached okay. to him now, and he can help Jovis with his powers. And so the question is: Is this all of this species can do that? Because now Lynn has one. So what kind of powers is this? Thing going to give Lynn does does it give power I know it was powering the body of the emperor so there's another body that looks like the emperor down there that was hooked up to I don't know what hers is called let's just call it Thanos I don't know um it starts with a th um he was that thing was like keeping it alive so it, it's important to I, but I don't know what other powers it can do. It's going to give her some sort of power. I know that. I just don't know what. Is it going to be the same type of power, though, with her being a construct and Jovis being a human? That's 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 the thing. What power is it going to give her? Because she's not human. Mm-hmm. And it gave him well, power. interesting is that, like, when she found the other... I'm just going to call it the other Miffy. I forget what she named it because she already named it, I think. Um, you know, she expressed, like, how, um, distant and alone and, like, caged this animal looked and felt and whatever, and she had compassion on it, and it's like, these constructs aren't supposed to, like, have, like, a human's compassion, a, a decision to be able to go that other life form is suffering and I need to free it from its cage type of thing I don't know if it was like metaphorical for like her becoming like set free because she has now been freed from her father in a way to be able to continue to find her memories I don't I don't know but I was like when she pulled that thing out I was like what you gonna do now is this the secret to your life is this why war has started because the emperor has stolen like their um, their magical idol that they worship or something that's supposed to keep their lands like healthy and safe well see I don't know if it's that or so there's one story they keep telling all these tales and there's one story right. of um, one of the Alanga Armis who defended her people against a sea serpent named Mef- whatever Mephasolu which is what that little boy named Mephi after so like is the sea serpent is is that a sea serpent what the heck is this species I don't know what it is i don't know if it's going to help them defeat the alanga because that's probably what book three is going to be they're going to be coming back um i don't know well i, I was like that whole ending part i was like now i'm i'm settled like i want to know what's gonna happen you know um just with that and then, um, do you want to talk about Falu at all and Romani? Um, I don't really have any theories about them. Like, I don't either. No, I mean, I they're don't feel like they're. Like, they're kind of like a like a in the background driving force. Like, yeah. they're, they're lovers, you know. Like, what's her name? She's the daughter's like island governor or whatever is like oh my goodness don't you know that your dad is doing this to people like these people are suffering which by the way that was pretty low how she like just threw her into that like 
you won't have a clue what's going on. And there you go. That's yeah. what's happening. And I was like, dang, the shade of this woman. <laughs> well, I mean, no, she's been telling her for quite a while. And Feilu's just been like, yeah, we'll give him a couple dollars. They be all right. You know, she keeps telling her and telling her. And she was just like over it. She's like, look, girl, I, I'm going to have to show you now because you're not listening to me. I still felt it, though. I was like, ugh. I'd be like, you didn't even give me a minute. You didn't give me a minute. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about Sand, because her chapters at first, I were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, well, I thought it was Amala. What's his wife's name? Am- I did, too. Malia, whatever. It's yeah. Not, it's not Amala, or no. whatever her name is. I was like, it's not her. Not her. This girl's like, you know, climbing for mangoes, and she falls and hits her head, and I'm like, okay, you know, and then she's like remembering things, and I'm like, well, her her bone shard fell out when she fell. Yeah. So that triggered something, her own memories or something. Right. But it was like it was so interesting because because she did it for a while. Where she, she's, like, moving through this fog in each of these chapters. And you're, like, am I supposed to, like, know who you are? And then I was, like, well, she's not Jonas's wife. Who is she? <laughs> and then at first, like, and then I did for a minute think that, like, maybe it was Lynn's real body. Like, it's really her. Her as a person. Mm-hmm. But obviously I was wrong. It's wrong. It's not her. It's actually the emperor's wife. Which what's her real name? Nisong. That was the that was the name that she said. Call me Nisong. I think she said. Right, right. What do you think is gonna happen with her? Well, she said she's building an army, but I'm like, okay, so she's very upset about all of this. But the army she's building is for a man that no longer exists. So who was this army for? I don't know. Well, and she also said a few things, like, in her diary, which it was, these people chose me because I'm pretty, but in reality, like, I'm actually smarter than they think I am. Like, they're more feared because I'm super smart. So I'm almost, like, wondering if, like, she is, like, she was the catalyst to drive the emperor to his human, you know, what do they call constructs whatever like i wonder if she was the one behind it okay so i'm confused about something didn't he say that he burned her body yeah so so did he just put the her mind into another person is that is that it i'm confused i, I think he took uh like memories from her and memories. put them into Lynn. okay I think that's what happened. I think he put, like, the newer or the older memories, you know, because, like, Lynn had, like, a few flashbacks of, like, them, you know, in the library and, like, having this very intimate moment. And she was, like, it almost felt too real that that actually happened. Okay, so he split her memories into two different people? So we have Lynn has some of the Emperor's Wife memories and Nisong has some of the Emperor's Wife's memories? That's my thought. Okay. That's my thought. Wow. Lynn, okay. 
because like the real daughter of the emperor died at five yeah she's not gonna have like that extensive amount of memories she's gonna have extreme like very small ones so i don't know if like he took memories from the real lin from when she was little and put those in as like some of her like um core memories or something like that but i thought lin's memories were the emperor's wife's memories Right, but the real daughter did die, though, when she was five. Yeah, but she don't have memories. I'm talking about Lynn's memories are the Emperor's wife's memories, right? Or no? I think so, but and I don't know if they're all entirely her memories. Probably not. They're probably bits and pieces. But then the Nissong's memories are also the Emperor's wife's memories. Mm-hmm. So was she the first draft? And he was like, whoopsies, throw her on the island. I goofed. Let me start anew. And Lynn was draft number two. So now we have no, two I women mean, with the same memories running around. I don't know if that's a good point. I honestly hmm. thought that Nisong is the actual real emperor's wife. Oh. I think he faked the body. Oh, so you feel, because that's what I was asking. I was like, did he really burn oh, her yeah, body? Sorry. Okay. No, oh. I think, I, I think he fake killed like fake burned a body that wasn't really her but she's still a construct though because she had a thingy in her head right she had a bone shard in her head or she had a bone shard somewhere is she a construct though i don't know well now i don't know i don't know i don't know so i'm I'm curious to read book two because i want to know what is she? <laughs> huh. Interesting. It's I don't know. It's very obvious that, like, three of the characters are definitely human, and it's obvious that one of them is definitely not. Um, well, actually, no, I guess it's... Well, yeah, and, and the other one, it's a question mark. I thought that was the real emperor's wife. Like, the real person. Okay. And he took pieces of her memory out. Because, like, if you think of, like, the other humans like when they're missing like their bone shard from their brain or whatever like they're still operating as their as the per their person okay well like if you're not a construct anymore if you're listening to this let us know if we are on the wrong track <laughs> like what's or else we just went around in circles for 10 minutes and we have no idea what's going on yeah <laughs> yeah i'm curious to see um what's gonna happen i was all for that end scene though when jovis like shows up and's like hi i'm here to turn myself in and he sees her walking through (laughs) she's like actually you You know what (laughs) um i think because i'm going back through when i just searched the name nissong yeah. And because I was like, that's not the first time we heard the word Nissong was from her. That was not the first time we heard that name. Right. Um, okay, so this is um, Lynn talking. The shard I held in front of my eyes blazed back into my mind. Osin Nissong, obey Nissong, then obey Cheyenne. Whoever, who is Cheyenne? I forgot who Cheyenne is. This- Cheyenne is the emperor. Okay. Nissong took precedence and I resembled her. I held some of her memories. 
We need to figure out who this song was. I don't know. I'm confused. Because I feel like she put some of her memories in some of the constructs, like, to save herself. So I don't know. But I feel like she adapted those constructs after the emperor made them, so he didn't, like, sift through all of their bone shards like Lynn was doing. Okay. Yeah, I think we... I think this song is uh, is the emperor's wife. Mm-hmm. He he lied. He didn't burn her body. All right. I think well. I think we beat that to death. Um. All right. So why do you think the deadless the the Deerhead Island sank? Oh, I think because they knew too much. <laughs> they knew too much. I think so. How? What do you mean? Well, I just think, like, in general, like, that they, you know, that's the first place, mind you, that we see Jovis, like, taking, like, children off the island because we're like, we know what's happening to them. Mm. So I think there was a revolt on the island, and I think that it was either taken out by the emperor with, you know, the, the constructs underneath. They were just, like, you know, like some sea creature ones. Or... There was something like Mephi in the water that, because yeah. I think Mephi belongs to the Alonga, I really, or Alonga, however you say it. Um, and I wonder if they took it out to show their power. Yeah, I'm thinking that the Alonga took it out. Yeah. Because my thought was like, maybe it was the Emperor, but eh, is he that powerful to do that? I don't know. Do you think that Jovis is connected to the Alanga? Because, yeah, because he touched the mural. He saw the mural in the in the Charlotte's cave, and something happened to him. And he can control water, and they can control water. (coughs) I think he's connected to them, and he doesn't realize that he is connected to them. Like, because he talks about his mom, and he talks about his brother, but I never hear him talk. I haven't hear him talk about his dad. Mm -mm. So, and his brother died a horrific Oh, death. it's so like, sad. Oh, it's, it's so sad. But that's the thing, too. Like, I really applaud her writing with this because yeah. there's some twisted crap going on in here. Like, it's, it's... Dark. A little deep. It's dark. <laughs> it's a little deep dark. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not just, like... You think fantasy, you think magic realm and whatever, but it's like this is pretty borderline gruesome, you know, with a lot of stuff like how they're attaining everything. So overall, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah, I just, you know what, if the characters just had been richer, I probably would have given it a four and a half. I'm still going to read book two, and I don't say that often, folks. I would say out of 10 fantasy series I start, I might finish one of them. So for me to be like, I'm going to read book two, it does not happen often. <laughs> but I'm going to read book two because I really want to know. Hopefully she got some, she took some creative writing classes on um, character development. And she developed her characters a little bit better. And because <laughs> I want I want some answers, damn it. There's so many questions. I need answers. 
I'm the same way. I was actually hope I was really hoping after I gave you my rating, I was like, maybe you should read book two with me. Because <laughs> we don't talk you. about them beforehand. No. And I'm like, who else is gonna read it with me? Like, I'll read it with you. Time. Yay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe we'll do that for a podcast because we both really find it very podcastable. You know? Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We have high hopes. If you've read. The Bone Shark Daughter, please let us know your thoughts. Did you read book two? Or are you going to read book two? Who knows? Um, but otherwise, thanks for joining us. Again, we are going to be discussing Next Spells for Forgetting by Adrienne Young. We're very excited for her not to be in the sea world. Um, mm-hmm. Don and I have been saying that for a few years. Adrienne Young, she just does such a good job. She really does. She's one of those authors that you're just like, okay, like this girl knows what she's doing. But we've been stuck in this sea realm for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. And we're both ready to, because it's, it's like, okay, like we know you can do it, but come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, until next time, guys, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.